Welcome to the Spiritual Boss Podcast for spiritual seekers and lurkers, the respectfully curious and the pursuers of their passion, hosted by Melanie Dawn, Jen Anderson, and Tanya Ryan. Uh, we have decided we need to give you guys a bit of a trigger warning <laughs> today. Um, we are deciding to approach a topic that might kind of hit home because we're going to use the word empath. And the way that we're going to use it is not in a particularly desirable light. Um, so basically what this episode is going to ask you to do is be open to a new interpretation of this word. And essentially this episode, I mean, I think at its grassroots is a bit of a shadow reflection mm -hmm. and shadow reflection is either something you're ready for or something that you're not. And so um, if you are just not feeling like you're in the seat to be able to hear this through an objective lens and with the knowing that this is our, you know, opinions and our thoughts mm -hmm. and our experience that might be separate from yours, um, then perhaps you can wait till next week or find one of the podcasts in, in the, uh, in the bank there. Um, but yeah, so we're, we're talking about being an empath as a coping mechanism. Can I just preface as my intro of like, I might sound like a dick <laughs> in what I'm saying. But I am honestly saying it to you with so much love because I lived in that space for quite a while. And I'll be honest, I try to go not to go back to that space, but every once in a while I'll see it pop up again. And so it is from a place of love, but it will be a little bit. Mine is, uh, if I'm sounding harsh, mine is usually because I am struggling with yeah my process of that journey as well as in I am still working on getting through the judgment of myself going through that experience whether that be presently or past tense or future me <laughs> whatever um so yeah I all I too may sound like a dick and it's mm -hmm. mostly self-criticism <laughs> that was going to be mine too is and it the everything I'm saying here is what I learned through my own self-study and that's okay. actually how it came up was I'd had a really hectic day. It was full of emotions and I was laying there at night and I knew that my body needed to process what had happened. And as I was sitting there, I was like, oh, but what about this? Like thinking about other people and thinking about other problems. And I just, I kept having to like tether my mind back to what am I feeling? And I wanted so badly to go into how other people were feeling or feeling for others and completely bypassing my own feelings. So that's when I was like, oh, damn, <laughs> being an empath and a good one has been built on the back of my coping mechanism, my own avoidance of my own feelings. And so if you do get triggered by this, if you do think that any one of us is a dick, I think that you need to know that this is coming from our own personal experience and from self-reflection. And it's still something that I'm currently embodied. I notice that I still do it. I have to catch myself. One of the things that has really helped me is the simple act of naming emotions. So as I'm sitting there and I keep being pulled out of my own emotional field and going into others, I come back and I say, okay, what's this here that I'm trying to avoid? What is this emotion that is so dark, so scary for me that I can't actually sit here and be with? And then I give it a name and that's helped me to create like a tangible hold and stay seated. So right out of the gate, there's one, um, mechanism that I've used to override the coping of being, um, using empath as a coping mechanism. 
I really tell me about that. you guys being a dick now. <laughs> I think same, like same as far as just it's, you know, I, I mean, then this is manifests itself as, of course, like micromanaging other people's lives or giving advice or being that advisor, that go to person, because it's so much easier than doing that self work, like then managing my own life and going into kind of like those problems. But the other thing I've noticed is, too, is when you can kind of cop out on that whole empath title, then and we've talked about this in the past too, but then you really get to live in that victim mentality of like, oh, I feel these feelings because of you, because of that, because of, and again, it, it doesn't, yeah. there's no ownership of that. There's no accountability in that. There's no going, here's how I am empowered to make a shift in that. It's being able to slough it off onto someone else and go, well, I just have these feelings because I'm an empath and I guess I just have to not be around you. And then that's the answer. And then there is no reflection. There's no development. There's no self-study. And it's kind of just this beautiful scapegoat with this beautiful name that is so lovely and gentle and nice. And it's basically like, it's very wolf in sheep's clothing to me. Like, it's just kind of this, I get this beautiful title where I am. And and then, okay, whatever. I'm sorry. I'm now on my little bit of a rant, but like the, the other thing that bugs me about empath is like, like literally every human being, unless you're a sociopath or a psychopath is capable of being an empath. So if you're like, I am an empath, you're kind of like belittling everybody else's ability to also be empathic because that is a, like a human trait kind of thing anyways, but that's a sidebar. That's now just me. No, I, I totally agree with that. I think we all are other than sociopaths, I guess um, <laughs> a group. in nature. I see it show up so often. And then now, but I recognize that I also was doing this for a long time in not growing my business because my husband didn't have the same money beliefs as me or, um, my husband was having a hard time or my kids needed me. And, you know, like, so then I would create scenarios almost where my kids would need me energetically so that I didn't have to do my own shit, work at Mm -hmm. my own shit. Mm -hmm. And like, not even in a negative way, in a positive way of things that I did desire in my life, but I would be like, oh, but my daughter is having a really hard time right now. And so like, I really just need to focus on her and help her or, and I, with lots of love to any clients listening, I hear this almost on the weekly basis of like, but my husband doesn't. And it's like, yeah, but that's not you. And that's just you trying to take on their stuff and saying that it's too heavy, whatever they're going through for you to overcome your stuff, which actually that's just you sorry. But. And, and I wonder too, like I, something I want to explore because I I've read about it and I've like looked into it a little bit is codependency mm. um, and codependent relationships. And I looked into it at a younger age and then was like, Oh no, this isn't me. <laughs> you know, did that. <laughs> and then I was like, this doesn't help. So I kind of like moved on and found something else. And now I'm like, mm, I feel very drawn to read um, codependent no more by Melody Beattie. And so that's on my Amazon wish list. I think I'm going to actually press the order button today because I'm, I'm keen to explore that concept because I think that that also has that, like, again, as that nice blanket statement of like, I'm an empath, but is it empathic or is it 
rooted in that codependency, AKA I can't be happy unless you are. That's, mm-hmm. that's not a healthy dynamic. Not at all. Right. So <laughs> then it's like, Hmm, fascinating. And then where am I kind of, and again, an empath necessarily, like, again, as we're do, being dicks, right. We're just dicks right now. Okay. An empath is not going to make that association of, of that dynamic. Cause they're just going to be like, well, this is just who I am as a person, or this is just my love, the gift. And this is something I say, or, or winds up being said a lot in readings to people is just understanding that every quality and trait that we have is inherently neutral. And that there are ways that that, in, that trait can show up in a quote unquote positive way and a quote unquote negative way. So being empathic is a gift and it is something that you can absolutely use in a positive and amazing way. I think that the whole goal of our conversation today is to bring to light some ways that you might be self-destructing with that terminology that you aren't necessarily choosing to take ownership of because it's just nice to know when things about ourselves are nice. Like, it's like, yeah, this is one of my really good traits. But I like one that I use for an example most often is someone that's called stubborn or, um, you know, pigheaded or whatever, or is that that person is also determined and perseveres and is ambitious. Those qualities are the same qualities. So you can't beat the stubborn out of your kid if you also want them to have ambition and to persevere through challenges and have these other qualities that we admire. So you can't, this is like why I think parenting is like such a, like it's truly, a, it's a job for a God. Like it is not for a human but I digress. Um, it's just that we can't squash these like quote unquote negative qualities in someone. And that's in anyone. That's why I think that that statement of like, you have to love someone for their flaws is so powerful because really what encompasses is that means that you can look at someone, see what their flaws are and understand how that shows up in their life in a positive way. Now, of course, with the nice little asterisk on this, uh, of like, anyways, abusive situations where people are displaying certain qualities, uh, you know, uh, with ill intentions slash manipulation slash, uh, we know that's trope. Anyways, obviously there are situations where this doesn't apply, but, um, that's kind of like the, like the overarching theme there is, is that qualities are neutral. They're not good or bad. They're just present. And then it's utilizing them in the right context and the or uh, the most powerful context, I'm not going to say the right context, in the most powerful context to make sure that you are contributing to your life in a way that you want to, the way that you want to, the way that you want to go, the way you want things to manifest or reveal themselves. So I think the big thing is, is like, if you are noticing difficulties in your life, that's an opportunity to go, okay, how am I using all of these traits that I have? Are they being used in a constructive way that is aligning with my goals? Or are they getting in my way? And that's one to look at with empath is, is this working with you or against you? I think uh, it comes back to, we were talking about in another episode, I won't say a past episode because we don't know when it will come up, <laughs> yeah, right. um, how we can get into that victim role a little bit. And so to me, to me, it's similar to like, I've had many people, friends, um, intuitives that can always see the negative things that are happening. Like I had a friend, uh, when the Broncos, uh, bus crashed and she was like, I knew it, like I felt it coming all of these pieces. 
but we're so conditioned to see the negative that that's what we focus on. And I feel like that happens with empaths as well of like, oh, I'm taking on all this yuck or hard or not like even with, um, and I'm not saying I haven't slipped into this with what's going on in the world the last couple of years, but so many people will be like, the world is just so heavy. And then they like put that like costume on and they wear it every day because the world is heavy. Whereas like, you don't have to wear that the whole time. You can put it on when it's on or find yourself in it and then take it off again. It doesn't, you don't have to be in those moments all of the time or just seeing things from a negative perspective. And for like an empath that feels, you know, like I used to say to my husband all the time when he'd come home and he'd be kind of like in work mode or just like not a great day or whatever. And I'd be like, oh, I just can't even be around you. Like you're just wrecking my mood or like you wrecked my vibe or whatever. Like, oh, I just don't, yeah. Like, no, that's me <laughs> allowing that to happen, choosing honestly, dick mode again here for you, but you're choosing for that to run your day. It, that doesn't have, yeah, like I've done it many, many times. <laughs> We're all raising our hand. Like we've all been here before, but it is allowing it. And like, almost like, I think we enjoy then being in the suffering state to be perfectly honest. So it's like, oh, he's down there. So I'm going to come down there too. And then I'm going to blame him being in a crappy mood, which my husband doesn't even get in crappy moods. So it's like, like he just gets neutral. And that's what I look at as a crappy mood when he's neutral. <laughs> An outsider would be like, you have no idea what crappy moods are. But I would still like slip into that. Like he's not happy. He's not uppity. And so therefore. He's there's a, there's a book that I'm reading right now called, um, Okay, I don't remember. It's about how the um, body stores memory. And it actually is a brain score? function. With, yeah, how the body keeps score. Um, there is a brain function that mirrors other people's emotions. So we all are equipped with this empathic trait. And like Jen said, when her husband got home, she immediately started to mirror him and then puts the blame on him. And I, I have been I've been writing notes this whole time while they were talking about uh, my own journey with codependency. Codependent and War is a good book, Tanya. You can borrow it from me if you'd like. Um, but I am a recovering codependent and martyrdom ruled my life for while well, I still slip into that. And being an empath, when you can see a need and you can fill a need and you're also a codependent, oh, that's like the trifecta. <laughs> it's like, ooh, <laughs> I can I can really be of service here. But the that it's like doing, I've never done hard drugs, but I imagine what it's like. It's like, oh, look at this. I can serve the need before they even know they have it. And like, look at what a hero I can be. And you get that spike of dopamine or serotonin, whatever the hormone is that we're all craving. And then when you don't get that mirrored back, when you don't get that return back is like, these people aren't seeing my needs. No one's reading me. No one's um, imagining or anticipating what my needs are. Who did I get angry? <laughs> like it was an immediate. Um, and I don't know if you noticed this, Tanya, you're probably new to the newer to this to remember or to know. But once you have a child, what you love doting on your husband or your partner before, and now they become that second child. And it's like, 
oh, that that anger turns towards them is can't you see that I have a need that needs to be met too? And that's that coping mechanism. And you get that rush and then you get that sudden dissent when you aren't mirrored back. You don't get that same. <clears throat> Obviously, there's a truth that needs to come up. My throat chakra is getting blocked. Um, but it comes from when we place higher value on others' emotions over our own. And that's what we need to look at is why do I value or why am I more comfortable putting on a um, placing other people's emotions that is priority instead of my own. And that comes from for me from a codependent place. I have like a parallel to that, which is, um, okay. So my husband say he comes home and he's angry. Um, and, and my like trope is, is like, how, how dare you come in and you feel this way and you take me down with you, like Jen was saying, and how dare you make me feel this way? Like I was in this like nice place until you showed up and kind of did this. And what I reflected on, and this is actually something I've seen show up uh, with my kid as well, um, was I, I don't want to feel those, those icky feelings. And I do, I jump on board, which is my choice. Um, but it, what it also does is I'm kind of asking from him in that moment, not to feel those feelings. Like I'm kind of going, don't feel that way. Cause it makes me feel bad. So I need you to feel better. So I do. So really mm-hmm. what that is, is like prioritizing my own feelings and my own, like not being able to sit with my own discomfort. So if, cause a lot of people are like, well, I can't just shut it off. Like I can't just not feel anything. If my partner comes home and they're, they're yucky, I can't just like, I'm not a robot. And it's like, no, you're not, but you can can live with discomfort. You just don't want to. Mm -hmm. So you're pushing away all of those kind of feelings that come with holding space for someone who's feeling feelings. And when Mm -hmm. I say that this showed up with my kid, um, it was when he started throwing temper tantrums. I, I just lost it. Like I, I would like shut down my whole body just stopped. Like, I don't know how to explain it, but I just, I, I like, I felt I listless. I didn't know what to do. I completely disassociated. Like I was just, and I was like, okay, I don't think this is a healthy reaction. Let's like look Mm -hmm. into this. And that was essentially what I learned was I'm like, I feel a to blame for your state. I don't want you to feel this way. It makes me feel uncomfortable, all this stuff. And I realized, well, A, you're one years old. So like your ability to cognitively process all these situations is just literally not present. And what I care what others think. He's right? just given her. It's yeah, it's not possible. Yeah. And so what I want from you is literally not possible. So what I am doing is prioritizing the way I feel. You need to be different so I feel better. And I'm mm-hmm. like, that is an issue. So let's nip that in the butt. But then I've seen it show up with my husband. So I'm like, wow, okay, this is a really great practice opportunity in all aspects of the of the in all aspects <laughs> to be able to just sit there and be like, Whew, yeah, you're feeling feelings. That makes me uncomfortable because I don't like to feel feelings. Okay, let's sit with feeling the feelings, feeling the feelings. Okay, we're yeah. feeling the feelings. And so that's kind of been one of my uh one of my things is like, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't feel good right now. And I am completely capable of living with discomfort. Yeah. Yes. And uh, judgments too, right? Like seeing your little son flip like a fish and scream his head off. It's like you probably have restricted your own reactions out of fear of judgment. And so watching this, it's like, I don't, I can't have empathy for this. I I've judged myself for times that I've spoke up or been too loud. And it's really that discomfort of 
you are doing something that I myself am not comfortable with. I'm not comfortable with this emotion at all. Well, and then, and I don't know if this is just like another way of saying that, but for me, I know that another thing that's come up is like, I'm not allowed to do this to neither of you. Like that's mm-hmm. been like a standard of, cause I did it to my little yeah. brother growing up. Like I was not a great sister growing up because he was just a little kid and we had totally different brains and also, you know, totally different early life experiences. And he just acted like a little kid. And I was like, how dare you be so irresponsible? How dare mm-hmm. you not think things through? How dare you do things so impulsively? And I just shit on him all the time because I was like, if I can't do that, neither can you. And then like, again, like, reflecting on that with this like toddler and adult woman being like, well, if I can't do it, ne- oh yeah. Oh, that's, there's a problem there. <laughs> okay. <Yeah>. Let's, <laughs> let's re let's look at that in different way <laughs> brilliant teachers brilliant teachers they are brilliant teachers mm-hmm. i actually encourage my children to throw fits legit yeah i do i'm like it doesn't stop what are we gonna look like what what would it look like right now for you to work through this emotion in your own way but like in a healthier way because i don't want my kids to think they shouldn't get angry and I don't want my kids to think that they're not allowed to be upset or disappointed or pissed off at me or a situation or whatever it is and so outsiders would probably think we're kind of a weird family sometimes because I'm like yeah go beat the shit out of that pillow if that makes you feel better right now but I also want to touch on because not proud moment at all but I will be so passive aggressive about so I slipped into like this nice niceness of I realized like for example when my husband would come home and not like be as uppity as he typically would be and it was like how can I support you right now like do you need time do you are you going to work out do you need to just be around me like what does that need to look like and so now sometimes I did this to him on the weekend I think it was and I caught myself right away and I was like oh I'm an asshole but I was like, and what do you need for support right now? <laughs> my words, my words I don't sound see you very I've been waiting three days for you to get out of this and you're not doing it correctly. Like just so judgy, judgy. And I was like, oh, interesting. You still use the same word, but you were a total douche in the way you said that. Like <laughs> this is, this is not giving you permission. <laughs> at all not this at is an all. invitation to end this yeah <laughs> <laughs> intention such a powerful thing it, it truly is and it's like you ever I wish just, you could just get siri to talk for you sometimes you're like here's the words i want to say i just know they're not going to come out great so siri go <laughs> go on your robot neutral voice so this sounds supportive and nice i'll just do the actions to back it up <laughs> <laughs> Also, wow. in the empathy thing, though, I think with our kids, I really notice it of when I can see my kids try to cheer me up or try to uh, be on best behavior if I'm in a moment or whatever that looks like. It's often when we're leaving the house. I find like if we're in a time crunch of any sort and recognizing it right away of like, oh, they're trying to take on my feelings to be able to switch this up and I don't actually want that. So let's talk about that, you guys, because I don't want you. I think too, when we're like uh, naturally uplifting people, 
that we do slip into that role wanting to just like help bring other people up all the time, mm-hmm. help them feel better, help them. And it comes from a, a well-intended place, but it is still a little it's bit. basically of- like saying your feelings don't matter, right? Yeah. Like it's stealing people's right to experience that feeling in circles is the first time I ever felt safe or welcomed or given permission to just have the feeling and have no one pat me on the back not have to apologize for the crying or even have to mirror or relate back to me to make me feel comfortable. It's one of the most liberating experiences of sitting in a circle and just sharing your story, being witnessed and not having anything else happen. That's it. You just had this opportunity to share. And that was, that was a beautiful gift. If you've never sat in a circle, give yourself that gift. I love that. Mm-hmm. Any final parting thoughts on this one? I don't, I feel like this was like a, a harried version of our own lives playing <laughs> out <laughs> for the spiritual boss. <laughs> well, yes. Yep. Yeah. Well, thank We're still you. working through this, obviously. This is still a work in progress. Oh. It's never ending really. Never. Like I, th- I think that the best word you can adapt for humaning is practice. Yes. It's all just, just practice. practicing like, being a human. Yeah. But just, just practicing and you're going to mess up when you practice, you mess up infinitely. Always. I was, a, I was a professional musician for over a decade. Do you think I ever got through one performance without making a single mistake? Absolutely not. Practice mm-hmm. a lot, still made mistakes. Yeah. Part of the process. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the Spiritual Boss Podcast. We so appreciate you listening. Please click subscribe. Um, If you can review the podcast, we appreciate it. Share it with your friends. Just leave us a message telling us that you enjoyed it or even that you didn't. That's also helpful. Um, We welcome emails, input, comments. You can email us at spiritualbosspodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram at the Spiritual Boss Podcast. Peace in, peace out.